Hello, 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 what's going on, everybody? This is Sydney Smith, the host of this incredible podcast, The Real Queen Sid, and this is episode 238 of The Real Queen Sid Show. I believe it's 238. Yes, it is. 238 of The Real Queen Sid Show, and I'm super excited. We're going to be talking about inner circle and building a really, really strong foundation of people that you keep close to you. As you become a leader and as you gain success and you gain momentum, uh, there will be people in your life that will try to, you know not be kind to you. So this is about creating your inner circle and making sure that you uh, are keeping the people around you that really, really deserve it, really earned it and really are loyal to you. So um, it's going to be a ton of leadership tips, a ton of personal tips all rolled into one. If you get any value from this, please make sure to screenshot it, share it into your Instagram stories and tag me at the real queen Sid. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. And let's get into this episode. Today, we're going to be talking about building your team. So he talks about in this book, uh, the most success, any successful entrepreneur, their greatest attribute is their team because you can't do anything alone. You can't do anything alone, especially I love like this was not intended to be a network marketing book, but this relates so hard to building your team and network marketing. So if you guys need some help with this, if you're excited about this, can you drop me like a two in the comments below? Because I'd like to know who's excited to learn about this. This chapter was bomb. So he talks about construct. It's called constructing your crew. He doesn't say building your team, but constructing your crew. And he talks about if you pick the right people, you and you can build it. If you pick the right build loud if you pick the right people and you build a team you will they will take you to the top but if you pick the wrong people it can derail your vision before it fully gets on track how many of you guys have had people come into your team or people whatever no this is not the next book of the book club uh how many people have had people come into your team and you're like these people are not aligned with our vision and they completely derail the whole thing right i know that i've had certain people come onto the team that derailed everything that we were working towards or attempted to derail everything that we were working towards and so he talks about picking the right people can build a team that will take you to the top, but pick the wrong people and it will derail your vision before you ever get fully on track. And I know in network marketing, we don't always get to choose who we work with, um, especially if it's not direct recruits, right? Especially if it's not direct people that you're bringing into the team. Sometimes it ripples down through the organization and you're like, I didn't really have a choice but to work with this person. But you do have a choice of who you keep around you. So keep that in mind as we go through these as we go through these principles about building your team, uh, keep that in mind. Just because you don't have an option of who joins the team doesn't mean you don't have an option of who you decide to work with. I'm, uh, thank you for sharing. I'm Shaid HB. I'm Saeed HB. Thank you for sharing. Um, so just because you don't have an option of who you work with doesn't mean you have don't have an option of who you keep close to you, right? I'm very I'm very intentional with who I keep close to me and who I keep at an arm's distance, right? And so he talks about in this book the ability to recognize character or lack thereof is just as critical on a corporate level, right? So he talks about how on the streets it's really really important to be able to recognize who uh, who has good character and who has bad character. And so when you're bringing people into the team, sometimes in network marketing, we get so antsy to just build a team. We get so anxious to just build a team that we forget to look at character. Have you ever recruited somebody because you were just like, oh my God, finally somebody is, is interested in the business. And then they come onto the team. They come onto the team and you realize that they're not who you thought they were. Their character may not align with the vision that you have moving forward. Their character may not align with the vision that you have for the team. Your, the character may not align. Uh, I, 
Annalise Cunningham, thank you for sharing. The character may not align, right? And so the ability to recognize character or lack thereof is super, super important when building your team. So the first thing is, the first thing that he talks about, the first principle that he talks about when building your team is I would rather be robbed than be betrayed. So he talks about rather be robbed. And so he talks about this, this whole chapter or this whole por portion of the chapter is, is about being betrayed. And he said to me, the thing that is worse than death is betrayal. You see, I can conceive death, but I could not conceive betrayal. If you, if you only surround yourself with people from your past, then, uh, oh, so this is the next part. But betrayal is one of the biggest things that people experience when they're building their team, right? You think that somebody is so close to you, you, you allow them into a leadership position. You allow them into a position of power in your team. Have you ever done that before? I have, where I've really trusted somebody and I've allowed them into a position of power onto our team and they ended up betraying me. They ended up raiding our team. They ended up running through and, and raiding our team. And so this, this idea of being able to identify character is so vital in this industry. It's so vital when building your team. It's so vital when allowing people to step up in the business, when allowing people to step up within your team, right? And so remember to always recognize people's character and, and trust your instincts. Like this is important. Trust your instincts. Okay. And so he talks about when you're building your team, this also means like, who are you building in your life outside of your team, right? So like, who are you allowing into your energetic space? Who are you allowing into your space currently? And I think about this a lot because my, the people that surround me in my life have changed so much inside of business and outside of business, right? So he talks about if you only surround yourself with people from your past, then chances are the past is where you'll be stuck. How many of you guys refuse to give up on friendships that you know are holding you back? How many of you guys refuse to leave friendships behind that you know are causing a ceiling in your life? How many of you guys know that you are holding on to people in your life that are holding you back? The title of the book is Hustle, uh, Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. And so if you only surround yourself with people from your past and chances are the past is where you'll be stuck. And I know that hits some of you guys so hard because you're like, oh crap, that's what I'm doing. If that's you, can you drop me like a me in the comments below? You will, you will stay in your past. You won't be able to get to the future, right? And so he said, if I had kept my circle exclusive to my day one homies, then things would have stagnated. So he talks about in this book how you have to allow people into your life that maybe are newer in your life, but you are trusting their character. You have to allow people into your circle that will help propel you forward. Where are there areas where you're not allowing new people into your circle because you're so stuck holding on to old people? You're so stuck holding on to stagnant people. You're so stuck holding on to people that are not benefiting your growth forward. I'm going to tell you this. I know you might have heard this before, but I'm going to say this one more time. You are allowed to outgrow people. Now, there are going to be people that are going to level up. They're going to grow up with, it, with you, and I love that for you. But if you keep your circle exclusive to your day one homies, things will stagnate. Does that make sense? Does that hit any of you? Are you like, yes, can you make some hearts fly across the screen if you're getting some value from this so far? So remember that your team, when you're building your team, this is not just who you're bringing into network marketing. This is not just who you're bringing into your company. This is not just the team that you're working with in business, but who is the team that you're working with outside of business? Who is your support system at home? My God, I'm telling you right now, I would net, I, like things would not be as successful and would not move as smoothly if I did not let Holly in. Right. So like she helps me in a way that other people have never helped me before. And we've only known each other for two years, but I trust her more than I trust a lot of people. Why? Because she's proven it to me. But if I had not allowed new people into my circle, we would have stayed stagnated. 
Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Okay. So the next part that he talks about is, um, he says, so the next part is bringing the hood with you, right? And so this goes again into bringing the people with you that have been with you your whole life. Like, yes, as you start to succeed more, I want you to elevate people that have always been there to support you. I want you to elevate people that have always backed you up. I want you to elevate people that are loyal to you. I want you to elevate those people. But I also want you to remember that you have to move on. And this line I actually shared in my stories yesterday. He said, I won by moving on with my life. He said, I... He was talking about how he bu- he bought this mansion. He bought, uh, who was it? Mike Tyson's mansion. He bought Mike, Mike Tyson's mansion. It had 18 bedrooms, 25 bathrooms. And he bought Mike Tyson's mansion because he wanted to bring, he knew he needed to get out of the hood. It was after he sold his first album, um, his debut album. And he knew he needed to get out of the hood. But he wanted to bring the hood with him. So he bought this big house, 18, ba- 18 bedrooms, 25 bathrooms. And he brought the hood with him. And he ended up in this house where he's constantly paying $70,000 a month in maintenance. Uh, the And the core group, the people from the hood that he brought with him were starting to expect things, which we'll get into in the next, in the next part. But they started to expect things from him. And so he realized one day he had bought the house because he, he didn't want to leave the hood. He brought the hood with him. And he realized that he needed to sell the house and he needed to move on and move move past that phase in his life and allow himself some separation from the hood. He was going to still reward the loyal people. He was still going to reward his A1 day ones. But it was it was the fact that he said, I might not have gotten what I wanted for the property, but in the end, I didn't care about losing money. Uh, I want, I had won by moving on with my life. I'd cleared my plate and refocused on the future instead of being held down by the relic of my past. Oh, so good. So good. Okay. So he talks about how you have to move past. You have to move on from the past. He said, the next thing, uh, that is important with building your team is understanding that there are people that expect he said, on the streets, there just isn't enough space for space for both success and suckers. So he said a lot of people make the mistake when they are, a lot of rappers make the mistake when they become successful. They stay in the hood because they don't want to leave their, they don't want to leave their roots. There's a lot of uh, culture around rappers where like you have to give back to the roots, right? And so a lot of rappers will end up not leaving their old neighborhoods and they end up getting killed. And so he was talking about how a lot of people in the hood, they get upset when rappers stay in the hood because uh, they don't look at it as you as you benefiting their neighborhood. They don't look at it as you lifting up their neighborhood. They look at it as your competition. And so he said, a lot of people, again, this goes back to you have to leave the things that are holding you back. You have to let go of some of your old roots. Yes, you can. So he talks about how 50 talks about how he gives back to his old community. He talks about how he gives back to his old community through charities. But he's like, if I stayed in those streets, I would have been shot and killed again. And so he said, on the streets, there's not enough space for both success and suckers. There are going to be people that that look at your success and they're not going to look at you as lifting them up. They're not going to look at you as benefiting them. They're not going to look at you as raising the bar for them. They're not going to look at you as helping them elevate themselves. They're going to look at you as competition. And you have to understand that you have to notice the character of the people that are number one, there are people that are going to elevate you. There are people that are going to love your success. There are people that are going to appreciate your elevation. They're going to appreciate your help. And then they're going to people, they're going to be people that look at it like competition. And you have to get used to recognizing the character of those two people. Yes, a threat. Yes. 
Okay, so if you guys are getting value from this so far, make sure you share it out. If you do share it, drop a, the word shared in the comments below. And uh, I'll give you the first and last name shout out. So when he talks about building his team, he talks about one of the most important principles about building his team is demanding discipline. And so I think about this from a leadership perspective. This was like the first part of the book where I was like, oh my God, there's so, there's so many good little nuggets in this. This is happening to me right now for my old teammates as I go to a new company. Ooh, yes. I love that you can relate to this. I'm sorry that you can relate to this, but I love that you can relate to this. Okay, and so he talks about demanding discipline. And so I think about this as a network marketing leader. If you're a leader, can you drop me the word leader in the comments below? If you don't yet have a team to lead, you can still drop the word leader because you are leading yourself. You are leading yourself to this education today. You are leading yourself to this growth uh, opportunity today. So he talks about demanding discipline. He said, uh, there are positive qualities that your day ones can bring to your team, but they can also bring some negative qualities from the hood, beef, dramas, and clashes of ego. To make sure that doesn't happen, you have to first instill and then demand a sense of discipline in your team. And I know that sometimes as we're like, when we're becoming leaders in this industry, it's so uncomfortable to demand discipline from your team. But I'll give you the example. I'll, I'll tell you what 50 talks about in this book. It's so good. And he said, um, he said that there was a rapper that took um, that took his whole crew. So this is really common in the rap community. Uh, the, the rapper took his whole crew on uh, on tour, and unfortunately, what happens sometimes in the rap community or with the crew is that the crew starts to think they made it because the rapper made it. And so they start to get these really big egos, right? And when you're on tour, there are like women throwing themselves at you. There's tons and tons and tons of things to beef about. And so this rapper made the mistake of not, not the mistake of taking his people on tour, but the mistake of not instilling discipline, not demanding discipline. And so his rap, his, his crew started fighting each other over girls, over drugs, over whatever. And he said it wasn't, uh, as it, it was his, it wasn't as strategic was his failure to keep them in check. And so this rapper ended up losing everything. He ended up losing tours. He ended up becoming like kind of uh, blackballed in the industry because nobody wanted him around because with him came drama. With him came um, cancellation of tour events. With him came an expectation that things would not be brought together, right? And so or things that would not be completed. And so he failed to keep his crew in check, which ended up being his demise. And he said, when the impulse to bring Queensburg with him, Queensbridge, when, when, while the impulse to bring Queen, Queensbridge with him was understandable, their presence came at the expense of his overall growth. And so when you don't demand discipline in your team, when you don't demand that your team follows the, the, the principles of the team to keep maintain the culture, it will end up being your demise, right? And so you'll start seeing, I think of this like with, with network marketing, like network marketing has a bad name, right? Like because, because people are trained improperly or maybe they are trained properly, but they don't actually execute properly and they end up creating drama online or they end up cold messaging and then starting fights with people or they end up with these super sassy, like aggressive posts on their social media. Have you ever met anybody like this or have you ever had anybody on your team like this? That's like their goal in life is to incite drama. They love the fire. They love the fuel. I've had a few people on the team like this and when you don't keep them in check, when you don't demand discipline from them, it ends up spreading fire through the entire team and it ends up bringing your team down. Does that make sense? And so 50 was talking about how when he first went on tour, he brought his people on tour like every other rapper does. But he said, he said, 
If you're going to be on tour with me, I don't care. You can fight anybody else. You can fight other people. You can do whatever, but do not fight each other. Because if you fight each other, you will bring our team down. And it will be the demise of all of our careers. It will be the demise of all of our success. And he said, if any of you fight each other, you are on the bus home. This is a one-strike policy. And so he did really, really well until he got to Philly. Uh, He said it was in Philly and... um, And they had been sent a bunch of jerseys, like these, like really whatever. The jerseys were actually meant for 50, but his team started stealing, taking the jerseys. And then all of a sudden, two of his people started fighting over these jerseys. One thought that the jerseys were meant for him, were meant for him. The other one thought the jerseys were meant for him. And so they started fighting over these jerseys. And so 50 said he wakes up one morning at like the crack of dawn and he can hear a brawl out in the street outside of his hotel. And he looks down and it is two of his people fighting in the street. And he goes down to the street. And he said, what the hell is wrong with you guys? What are you doing? And he breaks up the fight. He said, what are you doing? And they say, oh man, you know, this guy, da, 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 da. And they start bickering back and forth. And he said, no, you're both on a bus home. And they both looked at him like, what? You're serious? And he said, when I said zero tolerance, I meant zero. If you're going to maintain control of your team, you must make them respect the repercussions. And so I ask you to evaluate in what places are you super lenient with your team and you don't uphold the standards and you don't uphold the values that you placed in your team, right? 50 knew that if his team started fighting with each other, it was going to be the end of his career. And so he had to uphold the standards. He said, I told you at the beginning of this tour, do not fight each other. If you do, you're going home. And when they fought each other, they went home. Can any of you guys relate to this? You can drop me a yes in the comments below, okay? And so he said, you have to uphold the repercussions of the things that you put in place. You have to uphold the repercussions of the things that you put in place. And so in what areas are you allowing your team to walk all over you? In what areas are you not withholding your boundaries? Are you not upholding your standards? I know that sometimes our team thinks I'm mean. I know they do. I love that Kim's on here because she's on our team. I, I know that sometimes the, the team thinks I'm mean. But it's because I hold them to a higher standard. It's because I see the bigger vision. They might not see the vision yet. And that's the problem with these, with these entourages that these rappers bring on tour with. Is that the entourage doesn't see the bigger vision. They think that because they're on tour, they've made it. And they think that because they're on tour, that the success of the rapper is their success. And that's the next part that he talks about. He says, whenever you find success in life, there will be people that believe that some of it belongs to them. And so they will start getting this ego trip over it, right? So they, they want to be a part of the bigger thing, but they don't see the bigger picture. And so you have to understand that as you rise in your success, all of you guys are going to rise in your success. Why? Because you're making this a priority today to learn. You're making this a priority today to, to become better. You're making this a priority. I don't think you're mean, but I can, <laughs> I can handle red. I love it. Some people do think I'm mean. Some people do think I'm mean. That's okay. I'm just firm in my boundaries, okay? And so he said, when this happens, when you, when you get to this point in your career where you have to uphold standards, he said, you won't have the luxury of carrying anyone that can give you, that, that anyone giving you less than their best. No matter what position you're in, when you make the rules that benefit the collective good, you need to enforce them. Don't let someone who's focused on themselves ruin it for everyone else. I know that's relatable. I know that is relatable in business, right? 
no matter what position you're in, when you make rules that benefit the collective good, you need to enforce them. Don't let someone who's focused on only themselves ruin it for everyone, right? So I think about in our team, in network marketing, we have um, we have a very, very strict rule within our team about lead stealing. If you steal leads, you are cut off from the uh, from the resources that our team provides. Because we, one of the big, big pillars of the empire is integrity, right? We have integrity in building business. And so there must be repercussions when you have integrity in the business, right? And so the next principle he talks about, he says, in, handle internal problems first. He said, when you bring... When you bring people around as a rapper, there's an expectation that you're going to provide for them, that you're going to provide opportunities for them. You have a limited amount of time to make good on that expectation. And when, when someone perceives themselves as disposable, anything, any sense of loyalty will vanish. And so what I think about when I read this part was I think about when you bring somebody into business, when you bring somebody into business, when you agree to lead them, when you lead, to, when you agree to train them, when you agree to, to, to be their mentor, when you agree to be their leader, they have some sort of expectation that you're going to provide for them. And you have to provide for them quickly, right? Or else their loyalty will fail. So if you've ever joined a network marketing company and you've kind of been ghosted by your leader, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you ghost your new recruits, when you ghost the people that you bring into business, when you ghost the people that you agree to mentor, their sense of loyalty disappears. Does that make sense? Their sense of loyalty disappears. And so when you bring people around you ha they have an expectation that you will provide them opportunities. And so I think about, um, especially as you get like raised up into, into different levels of network marketing, you expect your mentor to give you opportunities. And so I think of people uh, that have actually been part of the empire. They've been part of our team and they've been under Jesse Lee. And they had certain expectations of Jesse Lee to provide them with opportunities. And when they didn't get provided with the opportunities because they weren't matching uh, the um, when they weren't matching the expectations, right? When they weren't providing for the organization, when they weren't matching the expectations, they weren't given the opportunity, and their loyalty flipped like this. Their loyalty flipped like this. So you have to be firm with your expectations of the team so that when they don't meet the expectations and therefore you don't provide them with opportunities, there is a there's a level of communication of well, I expected this from you. Does that make sense? This is like maybe more of a leadership conversation than it is of a building your team conversation, but it's allowing that that culture to be cultivated. He said, if you bring a bunch of wolves into your circle, you, bet, you better be damn sure to feed them. Otherwise, it won't be long before the pack turns on you. So when you decide to bring people into business in, in network marketing, when you decide to bring people into business, when you decide to be a leader, you're bringing a pack of wolves around you and you better be ready to feed them or they will turn on you. And I think about, there was about two years ago, two and a half, two years ago, about two years ago, there was like a mass exodus on our team. There was one, one leader, I use that in quotation marks because whatever, uh, there was one leader that ended up taking a huge chunk of the team with her. And I look back and I can blame everybody else around me, but I chose to blame myself. And I chose to look at the things that I did not provide them. I chose to look at the things that that pack, that pack of wolves made damn sure. I didn't feed that pack of wolves. And so they made damn sure to turn on me. Does that make sense? So allow, make sure that you're, you're, you're handling your internal affairs, internal issues before they become external issues. Right. And he said, um, the next part is to, the next part of building your team is you need to be able to provide encouragement. A truly effective leader 
To be a truly effective leader, you also have to be able to motivate people with encouragement. What's up, queen for life? You have to be able to uh, encourage people with, with, you have to be able to motivate people with encouragement. He said, I immediately became, he was talking about, uh, he was, so he was, um, he was a coach for Floyd. What is his name? Where's the, where's his full name? Floyd, the boxer. Wow. I can't find his full name right here. So he was talking about how Floyd was going into a, uh, he was going into a boxing ring and he was, he it was an opponent that he had beat before. And so he was, does somebody know the name? Can you drop it in the comments? Uh, and he was going against a, an opponent that he had beat before. And so he was so, like, he was in the back room joking around. And he was in the back room, Mayweather. Thank you, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, and he was in the back room. I knew it started with an M. He was in the back room joking around with his, with his boys, his entourage. And he said, 50 said he walked into that, into that dressing room and he was immediately uncomfortable with how comfortable Floyd was. And so he was, he got, he had to get Floyd into the space of this is a competition just because it, when you go into a competition, you expect to win. That's the worst place that you can ever be in. And he said, confidence is great, but too much of it makes a fighter vulnerable. Even someone like Floyd, arguably the greatest defensive fighter of all time, should never allow himself to believe that his opponent isn't capable of knocking his head off. So I want you to remember that in times where there are people that are on your team that need to be put back into that space of fighting, that need to be put back into that space of, of, of determination, that need to be put back in that space of winning. As a leader, it is your job to put the competition back into people. People get too comfortable, they get too confident, they get too cocky, and they think that they are going to win. And then all of a sudden things come crashing down around them and they don't ever expect it to happen. And so he talks about another time that he was uh, Omari. He was he was prepping Omari for a fight. And Omari, again, was very, he was very cocky about going into the ring. And so he, um, he walked up to Omari and he said, do you feel good about your career? Oh, no, this is not, Omari is not a, a fighter. I remember this now. So then on the other side, the flip side, he was talking to uh, this guy, Omari. He wanted this guy to, to, um, to be the, the lead role in his in his TV show Power. It's Floyd May Mayweather, thank you. To be the lead in his is his TV show Power. And so he saw him perform on another uh, another show and he was like, that's the guy that I want for my main character. And so he put him at the top of the call list and the guy went in and read the lines and he was like, I don't know, I don't know. And he kind of did like a, a piss poor job. And so 50 called him after the audition and he's like, dude, what the hell's wrong with you? And Omari's like, I don't know, dude, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling the character. And 50's like, dude, what's like, what do you mean you don't see the character? And Omari's like, whatever. He's like, 50, 50's like, dude, they're going to give it to somebody else. And I put you at the top of the call list. And Omari said, whatever. If they feel like somebody else is better fit for the role, then, uh, then give it to them. And 50 said, do you feel good enough about your career to just walk away from a starring role without giving it your best? Do you have a strong plan B for what happens when someone gets, when someone else gets the role and all the glory, if so, fine. But if you don't, you better get back in there and read that role the, the way I know you can. And in this instance, I need you to understand that Floyd, May, Floyd Mayweather needed somebody to give him a kick in the ass. He literally said, Floyd, this guy wants to take the money from your family. This guy wants to take the food off your table. This guy wants to take the food out of your children's mouth. What are you going to do about it? And on the other hand, Omari needed somebody to say, hey, dude, like you can do this. You've got this. I picked you for this role. 
And so as a good leader, you need to understand the difference between encouraging people in a red sense or in a aggressive sense and encouraging people in a in a really really compassionate sense he said you need to tailor a specific approach to each every single person in your team to get the most out of them the key is understanding that different people require different tactics except that everyone on your team is going to have their own hang-ups issues and insecurities and then address them with the appropriate energy So as a good leader, when you're building your team, you need to understand that you need to read the energy of the people around you and what do they need in that moment? What do they need in that moment, okay? The next part of this says learn to trust again. This is the last part of building your team. He said learn to trust again. He said the greatest attribute of most successful entrepreneurs is to be be an astute judge of character. You have to be able to trust the people that you are bringing into your team. You have to be able to trust the people that you're bringing close to you, right? So the people that you bring into your team, the people that you recruit or the people that are recruited onto your team is different than who you bring into your inner circle. And so I think that sometimes people get this hang up in network marketing. Well, well, I'm performing, so I should be in the inner circle. And, And just based on performance does not get you in the inner circle. So you can take this one of two ways. If you're not yet leading a team, if you're not yet comprising an inner circle, if you're not yet deciding who gets to be close to you as the leader, I want you to understand the importance of who your leader brings close to them. So if you look around and you're like, well, this leader likes this person better, or I feel like I'm not liked, or I feel like my leader is picking favorites, I need you to understand that successful people have to be very, very choosy with who they bring in their inner circle. It's about being a judge of character. It's about being loyal. It's about being somebody that can be trusted in the inner circle because who you bring into your inner circle can either make or break the entire thing. So as you're building a team, as you're becoming a leader, as you're deciding to lead bigger and bigger, bigger teams, as you're deciding, as you're becoming a leader and stepping into that, keep these principles in mind when when you're compiling your team, when you are compiling your inner circle.